You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth are you doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? Faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Earth Station Who. That's right, folks. We are back. We took a couple weeks off because of Dragon Con and a couple other things that was going on in life. And... We are back. We're full tilt. We are headed into fall. And what a better way to go through fall with a a look at Big Finish. That's right, folks. We are going back to December 2009, and we are looking at The Earthly Child, an eighth Doctor story, which also features the return of Susan. So this is going to be an interesting one to talk about, and I'm really excited about this. It was my first time listening, so it'll be very interesting. Of course, we have Mr. Mike Gordon joining us. Howdy! How are you, sir? Survived Dragon Con okay? Survived and, uh, you know, still recovering. So oh, uh, I think it, you never fully yeah. recover from Dragon Con. That's part of the fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it could be said for that. But um, yeah, it was a good time, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about it. Oh, I'm sure we will in a few minutes, actually. And we also have joining us once again back on the show because we're talking about Big Finish and he's almost like our go-to guy on this. Let's welcome, ready for this, folks, award-nominated author, Matthew Kressel. Hello, everyone. (laughs) How are you, Matthew? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. And thank you. Congratulations on being nominated. Oh, thank you. Uh, Thank you for that. And thank you for uh, being willing to mention it. Oh, so since we mentioned it, what are you nominated for? So I'm nominated for something known as the Sidewise Award, which is given out uh, every year for best alternate history novels and short stories. And I've been nominated in the short story category for 2020. Oh, that's awesome, man. That is really awesome. So when will you know if you've won or is it just going to be they're going to invite you to a show and you'll have to act surprised that you won or something like that? Um, as far as I'm aware, um, I won't know if I've won or not till December because the award ceremonies for Sidewise is done at every year's um, World Science Fiction Convention, which this year will be in D.C. So I may be traveling north uh, in mid-December. 
Oh, you're going to that other side of the world. That's, you know, that's that's big for you, you know, going across the Mason-Dixon line or so. Hey, I've done it before, so it's <laughs> it's it's been 16 years since the last time I was in DC, but I, you know, I've been there before and hopefully I'll be able to to go in December. Well, good luck with it, my friend. Congratulations. Uh, we're very excited for you. Oh, thank you. And of course, thank you for joining us for, uh, for with us for this fun adventure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's as you say, it's big finish, you know. If you know, all you got to do is drop me a line, and I will do my best to be here. <laughs> well, that's something I'm going to have to remember, you know. So it's just like, oh, Matthew, let's talk more big finish. So, and it's funny because you're now are officially our big finish person, except for River Song because that's Julie Philippak. So, yeah, I, I will admit River is River is one of the gaps in my big finish knowledge. So I don't have too many, but River is one of them. Ah, That's very cool. Yeah, this you, is perfect for us. Yeah, you could say a, a river runs through my big finish knowledge. <laughs> oh, oh, he went there, folks. <laughs> we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us feedback at earthstationwho.com. Definitely would love to hear what you guys have to say about this episode and about that joke. We would definitely love to hear. <laughs> You know, and, you know, everything, you know, do attention Matthew for that one. So, you know, he's the one who came up with it and he's still giggling about that inside. So it's cool, folks. But definitely, you know, definitely would love to hear from you guys. Please write us, like we said, feedback at earthstationwho.com. Definitely, if you get a chance, please subscribe to the Earth Station Who uh, podcast up wherever you listen to find podcasts and such. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. But also, we have a great Facebook group. We talk about all things Doctor Who. We're hopefully fully expecting by the end of this week, we'll have the trailer for the new season of Doctor Who. It's going to be released for us just after we're done recording. Oh, oh of course boy. we are. <laughs> oh, it's it's going live probably at 10 p.m. Eastern tonight. You know, and I'll be like, ah, because then, you know, as soon as they said it was going to be this week, I was like, yep, it's going to be right after we're done recording. Of course. Of course. That's just that's just the way we work on this show. Yeah. It's it's pretty, you know, standard there. But definitely it's I'm looking forward to doing that and such. So we're definitely looking forward to, you know, once season 13 comes out, we'll be there talking all about it also. So fingers crossed and everything. So it's only going to be 6 weeks though and then we have the three specials, so that's going to be real interesting, you know, because we're going to have six weeks straight, then a, a, supposedly the Christmas special, then there's supposed to be a special, I think, around Easter, and then they're doing the 100th anniversary of the BBC mm. in the fall, and we've heard mixed stories on that. Is that going to also be the 60th anniversary special, which doesn't fit up? you know, with 60 years with Doctor Who, but this is the UK, so... Yeah, they I mean, they did... Math works it different. Might, yeah, it's in metric. Say, it's I was, metric. I was going to say, they did air the Three Doctors as the 10th anniversary story closer to the 9th anniversary than the 10th anniversary, so, you know. Oh, uh, that's true. That's very, very true. So, yeah, so it'll be very interesting to see. So, we will be covering all that and we'll of course in between we'll be talking about other episodes big finish we'd love to get you guys up here also to talk about some of your favorite episodes that we haven't talked about yet so that would actually be a lot of fun too so 
please. We've got time to waste and we got time to fill. So, oh, do we have time to fill with this stuff? So that's why we're diving more into Big Finish. I hope you guys are enjoying that and such. Also, you know, Mike and I went to Dragon Con. So let's dive in with both feet. Dragon Con 2021 is in the history book. We did a panel for Earth Station Who, actually two of them for Earth Station Who. One was pre-recorded. We actually did the first uh, Ninth Doctor story that he did for Big Finish. We did a review of it. And that was a lot of fun to do. And thank you, Caro and her crew from Brit Tracks to, you know, including us with it. And it's, we've been doing now stuff for Brit Tracks for what, 10 years, I think, Mike? Yeah, I think something like that. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure when the first uh, panel I was on with them was, but uh, yeah, I mean, about that. I mean, this is my, uh, well, it probably less so for me because this is my 10th year as a guest, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think my first panel was in, uh, my first panel that I ever did for Dragon Con was in the American Sci-Fi Classics Room, of course. And it had like 12 people on a panel. Um, of course. And uh, so I was one of the little voices there. But uh, it was fun. And then I think uh, maybe the following year, I think maybe we did one. Um, so I'm not sure. But uh, the math, I, I, yeah, my memory's uh, faded on that. But but uh, you're right. Um, you know, it's it's great to be invited to be on panels. I was on more panels this year than ever before, even though it was only still probably about half as many as you were has to be on, but I always... But you also had a table. You had a table, you know? I did. Uh, I also felt like, um, and, you know, I'm thankful, uh, first and foremost, for everyone at Dragon Con for putting on the event as uh, safely as uh, as possible um, um, and, uh, you know, uh, keeping us as safe as possible, um, health-wise and otherwise. Um, it was not easy because, you know, a lot of the track rooms were half-staffed, a lot of the like registration was half staffed and there was a lot of, uh, you know, things they had to deal with this year that were not um, conducive to putting on a good show. And yet, um, you know, it, everything ran as smooth as I've seen it. So um, you couldn't really tell despite the bumps. Um, and uh, again, it's an honor to be asked to be on panels in various track rooms, especially Brit tracks. Um, where I was on two panels this year, and uh, they're both really fun. That's awesome. And, you know, you look like you were having a blast, and, you know, at your table, and, and, you know, from what you were telling me about the panels that you were on, your tiki panels, your you actually did a Doctor Who panel in the big room up in the Marriott. Uh, yes, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, we did. So, yeah, you're right. We did three panels, two with Earth Station Who, one of which um, is still available for people who uh, want to check it out. It's available on DCTV. So if you sign up for DCTV, um, you can just $10 for it's not a year subscription. I think it changes or it ends in, in June. June. Yeah. yeah. So um, but all the programming, the virtual programming from this year, as well as last year. So you can even see our Dragon Con virtual panels that we did last year. Uh, those are available as well. So um, if you want to see us talk about Doctor Who, if you want to see us review, as Mike pointed out, the ninth Doctor, the new ninth Doctor adventures, uh, uh, feel free to do so. And um, 
Uh, our Earth Station One panel um, that we did in person at Dragon Con was on the 25th anniversary of the Paul McGann movie. So I think that's just perfect follow-up for us to be doing this big finish adventure uh, this week. It was great. We had a really great crew. And sadly enough, though, this year, Mary couldn't make it. So they were, you know, we had a couple fill-ins for Mary. We had Sue joining us. We had Felicity from the Flopcast. We also had, of course, Mike Faulkner joining us also. So it was a great lineup and it was a ton of fun talking and we had a great audience too and everything. Um, You won't be hearing any of our panels that we actually recorded at DragonCon this year. Uh, DragonCon's got kind of iffy about us recording panels and people whose voices and such. So we decided just to ditch it and everything so sorry about that because you know we for years we've had a history of you know playing you know right after dragon con over the following weeks and such we've actually played you know the dragon con panels that we did like the doctor who ones or the earth station one ones and even the big meetings that we have of all the different podcasters and such this year was just an anomaly for that so we'll see something what we can do for next year though and I think we're actually in talks right now with Caro and such about getting you guys the ninth Doctor panel, though, because that was a virtual one that we recorded for them. So we will see. Yeah, well, like I said, that's available on DCTV. So I would imagine right. that, um, um, you know, they would be less likely to release that one because you'd have to pay to see it. So, um but um, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. And you so, really want to see our beautiful faces. So you it's do. Awesome. You do. Um, at, well, we have covered. Um, uh, well, no, we haven't covered that on the in the show. So maybe no. at some point we will. Uh, who knows? Who knows? But yeah. uh, um, but also, as you pointed out, Mike, I was also on another uh, Doctor related pa- Doctor Who related panel for the Brit Tracks, and that was new series Doctor Who, and that was on Saturday. Um, in a bigger room um, that was uh, pretty full. And we did have some Earth Station 1, uh, sorry, Earth Station Who listeners uh, attending that. So shout out to everybody who was there. Uh, it was good to see you guys represented in the crowd. Um, and basically, we just talked about um, what our thoughts of, of the new series uh, were as far as um, this past season and the news, of course, that Jody and Chris are leaving as well as what may happen in the near future with the, uh, with the specials and the season. And uh, I'm really not, as you know, as anybody listens to this knows, I'm not really big on, on rumors or speculation or anything like that. So I was, uh, as far as what's coming, I I was probably the the least informed. Um, So, um, uh, and I did, you know, but uh, learn, quote unquote, I'm going to put that in quotes because we're not really sure um, of, of what's going to happen. But I, I, I did hear some interesting things that may be in store for us in the upcoming season. Uh, but uh, again, I'm going to treat all those as uh, speculation and possible spoilers. So I won't go into detail about them. But uh, uh, let's just say that... Um, there's some interesting things planned ahead, uh, I think. And uh, again, if they gonna... come true, because, you know, well, even you if they take don't. everything with a grain of salt, look, the, even if they don't, that we, you know, we've, we've said before, after, after we reviewed the San Diego panel um, that they did, 
you know, um, it's going to be interesting. So, uh, you know, and, and that's what Doctor Who should be interesting, right? So uh, hopefully it'll be a good kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but who knows? Um, and uh, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with all of that. So. Nope. Totally understand that. Yeah. I did an extra Doctor Who panel on my own also. And we actually got onto a panel talking about Doctor Who canon and it's social media and where does, you know, Doctor Who canon, you know, does it fit? Does it not? And, you know, and such kind of what we're talking about tonight, big finish, you know, is it partly, is it canon and such? And kind of Stephen Moffat kind of broke that open in that uh, Night of the Doctor that he did. And so it was a neat panel to talk about. And it was really, it was a lot of fun because we talked a lot about the media that they did over COVID, you know, over the, over the break and everything. Doctor Who was real busy with, you know, a lot of different uh, mini episodes starting, you know, stuff with that even had David Tennant in it and stuff that was created by RTD and Moffat. And it was, there was some amazing stuff out there. So it's, you know, one of my favorites was the, uh, the funeral of Sarah Jane. And that was just awesome. And so it was neat to see all the, the old companions come back, her old fam, as she called it. And, you know, it was just real interesting to see. And so does that count, all count as canon and such? And so we had a p whole panel about that. And it was an interesting discussion. So it was pretty cool. And, of course, the big, big news was that uh, Christopher Eccleston was in attendance. Uh, he did show up. Uh, Billy Piper did not. So uh, I think uh, Chris was the sole Doctor Who representative uh, as far as cast and crew at Dragon Con. And uh, from all I, I heard, uh, he was a great guest. Uh, his uh, panel was certainly well attended. There was a line around the block, uh, two blocks, I think, for it. Um, and uh, I, I believe it's available on YouTube, uh, but I have not watched it yet. So I don't know specifically how the how his panel went and what questions were asked. But I, I do think one of the things that came out of it was, I think, of course, he was asked if he's going to ever be the doctor on TV again. And his standard answer is, of course, no. <laughs> like, like he just, yeah. So um, uh, any thoughts that he might be involved with the upcoming specials, anniversary uh, storylines or whatever, um, you know, at least he's, he's, he's saying publicly that that's not in, that's not happening. So um, whether or not you can believe him or not, I don't know, but uh, uh, I think in other news, he did agree recently to uh, do some more big finish. So he's not done being the doctor. Yep. Just announced yesterday, as a matter of fact, yeah. season two, he's announced Yep. or series two, as they call it. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's not done being the doctor by any means. Um, and, uh, um, and, you know, we, we, I think we really liked uh, that first story that we heard uh, from big finish. Uh, so uh, we'll be curious to listen to others. Yep. It'll be very, very interesting to see what comes out. And I'm, I'm loving hearing Chris. I just picked up his second story from big finish and that's on my list to listen to or probably over the next week or two. So it should be kind of fun. Just Matthew, have you been listening to those? 
Oh yeah, I, I heard it when it came out, and I've uh, reviewed it over on Warp Factor, as a matter of fact. And it is a it is a hoot. If it, I think it's even better than the first set, to be perfectly honest. Nice. That is awesome. That is awesome. So yeah, it was great. You know, we personally did not go see um, Chris Eccleston, but he yeah, was I up on Dragon. I did see the video of it because it's up on YouTube, or you can also see it on DragonCon TV. So. But they're available in both places. So definitely check it out if you get a chance. All right. Let's take a quick break and we will be back in a moment. And we're going to be talking all about the earthly child. Tonight's show is a little different. Tonight's show is about a man who's not really a man. He's a doctor, but he's not really a doctor. Like Dr. Phil, but awesome. Most people in the United States of America have not heard of him. He's just like me in that regard. Who is he? He's the doctor. Time to grab your pillow and join the Geek Father in Little Bit for discussions on current, nostalgic, and speculative happenings in pop culture. Nerd news, fandom histories, deep dive discussions, reviews, and more. It's like listening to your closest friends have a nerdy conversation. So sit back, relax, and let the Blurred Nerds podcast embrace you with their warm, goofy goodness. It's nerd goals for your ear holes, right here on the ESO Network. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. Welcome back. Now we are about to talk about an earthly child, and it's going to be a very fun look at the Eighth Doctor and meeting his granddaughter, Susan, and his great-great-grandson, Alex, for the first time. So, pretty awesome. Well, it's just great-grandson, not great-great-grandson, is it? No, it's just great-grandson. Yeah, it's great, great grandson. grandson. Yeah. yeah, it's great, great. Uh, it's great, though, but you know. <laughs> he is a great, great grandson. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I think this is, you know, I mean, whether or not it's canon or not, who knows, right? But um, let's just say that this is, I believe, in any form, and Matthew, you'll correct me, I'm sure, but I, this is not Carol Ann Ford's first foray in the big finish, but I think it's the first storyline where she meets another incarnation of the Doctor. Um, at big finish, it is. Um, yeah. There'd been an earlier Eighth Doctor novel called Legacy of the Daleks by John Peel, um, which this audio basically co- completely contradicted. Um, so, you know, as as the canon often does, and of course, as, as they reference in the story she had met um, 
the fifth doctor and the other incarnations in the five doctors, of course. Right. She barely, she touched on that, you know, the doctor with the hat. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. So, so, uh, but this is the first time for Carol Ann Ford to be working opposite another actor playing the doctor. I Correct. Think, right. Yeah. Epic finish. Yeah. Yes. So, um, uh, and that was, you know, uh, to me, that was, this is the first time I've heard this one. And to me, that was the highlight of this story is the, uh, you know, I think it takes place about the halfway point where she meets, uh, she meets the eighth doctor and uh, true to form. They don't really, you know, time Lawrence can't sense who they are outside. Like they don't know just by looking at the other one, like that they're another time Lord. So um, although she did say she, you know, she did, there was a hint that something was familiar about him, but once they made that connection um, and she started, you know, sort of calling him grandfather and, and, and sort of just like embracing him or whatever. I, I, I felt that big time. Um, and, and that's not easy to do in an audio. Um, but, uh, and I think out of all the audios I've heard, this might be one of the most emotional moments that I've heard uh, from any of the stories just because it's so heartfelt and it's so significant. Yeah. No, very much so. And you felt the emotion in both of them actually. And I thought that was pretty awesome, especially from Paul. And it was pretty cool to see. And, you know, for her grandfather, it's you. And, you know, the whole thing. And it was just, it was awesome. And then when she said, you know, I said, look how young you are. And she, she said, it's been eight body, you know, eight <laughs> yes. and she says, you, you don't just throw them away, doc, grandfather. You know? and yes. she, was, she was lecturing him on it. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. She, she hasn't, she hasn't reincarnated. Uh, I don't know if she has that. Uh, I would imagine she has, oh, that yeah, she option, does. but we would think uh, anyways, but yeah, but uh, that if she's is, really uh, his the granddaughter now yeah this takes place so the last time we've seen susan in 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 you know the regular storyline was that it was at the end of um mike remind me the daleks right the, the dalek uh, invasion of earth yeah dalek invasion of earth where she leaves uh to be with a dude an earth guy um in earth's future right um yep. and, circa 2164 ad so this happens what about 30 years 30 30 okay, so it's 30 yeah. years after that yeah because yeah. they they said in the in the story anyone over the age of 30 of 35 remembers the invasion gotcha gotcha okay gotcha because yeah. alex is not that old no he doesn't no. remember he was born after the daleks were gone right right but i mean the significant amount because he's not even i don't need i didn't even feel like he was like in his twenties. No, I, pe- yeah, I figured he was about eighteen or something. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think they they say at one point, at least in the extras, that he's seventeen. So yeah, because he's still he's still. I think he's in university. Not... Yeah, he's a, so. he's in, he's going to Bristol University or whatever whatever it's, it's called. called. Yeah, but of course he is a uh, hybrid because uh, uh, he does have an Earth father. So um, although um, I think it's Paul that uh, or the Eighth Doctor that seems kind of confused, like how. Did he make, how did she make that work? Like, as if like humans and Time Lords are, or Gallifreyans anyway, are incompatible in some ways. Uh, So much for being half human on his mother's side. (laughs) 
Well, at least Alex is. No, yeah, uh, true, no, I didn't think no, about that. On the that. father side, actually. Yeah, yeah. on the father yeah, side. Yeah. Yep. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's uh, it, it's interesting. When if you listen to the uh, the the sort of the after bonus material that's on on included here, there's an interview with Paul McGann. Uh, and only Paul McGann, unfortunately, Carolyn Ford's not interviewed. No, uh, but it's but, also um, his son. Yeah, uh, right. It's Paul McGann with his son. And, and it's actually Paul McGann's son who actually plays his great grandson, which is kind of interesting in this as well. Yes. Uh, a nice play. But um, but Paul McGann admits that he did not know uh, the history of apparently the character he was playing because he had no idea that the doctor ever had a uh, granddaughter or any family of any kind. Um, so I guess when he was up for the role um, and he was doing his thing for Fox uh, with the Fox movie, I guess no one deemed to tell him like, Oh, like that stuff with Hartnell, maybe you should check that out. <laughs> well, we know that happens quite a bit. Cause I know that there's a, there's a certain section of the, of the auntie Jody crowd who's the same way because she's admitted she's not watched a whole lot of it. And it's like, people should have watched everything. And it's like, yeah, good luck finding somebody who's got the time and who's got the time to put into put into the role already to do that. But as as the the representative from Big Finish says, he also says, well, you know, it's also depends on the certain showrunners, right? Yeah. Because whatever they want to bring or whatever they think is important as far as the Doctor's character, that's what they'll inform the actor of. And apparently for the Fox movie, it was not in uh, for that that depiction. I keep calling it the Fox movie because it was a joint it was a joint effort between the BBC and the Fox and Fox Network. But but in any case, it was um, I guess they didn't you know feel like it was necessary to bring up the fact that he did have and a lot of the showrunners have ignored Susan um, and so uh, have ignored the fact that he's a he's a grandfather at least. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, taking anything like that out of it or any sort of family out of it. I think it's only with, um, I want to say it's only with Moffat's run that we really start to get like kind of hints that that was now back into play. Yeah. Right. He admitted that, you know, he was married and that at before and that he had a children and of course, grandchild, a grandchild. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that was. That wasn't during the RTD era, right? That was after, that was no. That was all. Mo- that was all. Moffitt. I thought that was all Moffat. I think there's a passing reference in a couple of places in the RTD era that you know, there's a, the line of the empty child, for example, about you know, before, you know, before this war started, I was a, uh, the as a doctor Constantine or whatever his name is says to the doctor about you know before before the war started, I was a a father and a grandfather, and now I and now I'm just a doctor, and the doctor replies back, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, uh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, there was, I mean, there was a point in, 80, in the 80s because John Nathan Turner was all no hanky panky in the TARDIS. Um, Caroline Ford has tells the story on the on the 25th anniversary version of the Five Doctors that at one point she got told off for calling him grandfather when they were filming with Richard Hundrell stepping into the Hartnell role. Uh, really? Be- really? Yeah, because uh, John Nathan Turner said, insisted, no hanky panky in the TARDIS. The doctor does not have sex. And she said, well, if that's the attitude you're going to take, I'm going to, I'll walk off this set right now and you can keep my paycheck. Um, 
It was it got ah, that, it, she's so spunky, Carolyn Ford. Oh it, yeah. It got so bad under J and T's tenure that there was a story published in the Radio Times that Eric Sayward apparently wrote at J and T's insistence that had to explain why Susan wasn't the doctor's granddaughter. It's called Birth of a Renegade or something. And it was published in the twentieth anniversary Doctor Who special of the Radio Times. Um that explained that she was really from so she was Gallifreyan, but she'd been rescued and it was some I, I it, it was convoluted as heck um and it was done expressly to explain why uh she was calling him grandfather even though the doctor wasn't supposed to have sex it was just a it was a really convoluted bit of nonsense yeah, it's just silly well yeah exactly and you know everyone knows gallifreyans just split in half and that's their child you know and then they split yeah, in half. I, you know, yeah it's I, osmosis yeah people a, get loomed you know they just get loomed and they pop out which incidentally written by mark platt who also wrote this so. <laughs> um so what did you guys think of this story you know it was an interesting because earth is a very xenophobia you know after the invasion and there you have you know colonists still stuck up on the moon you have who because all the rockets have been destroyed by the folks who don't want earth to be leaving the humans to leave the planet or anything anymore and it's it's just earth first basically and they basically almost seems like they're going back into the dark ages they're trying to ignore science and such it was just a really interesting time in humanity's period yeah. I mean, it's a very kind of interesting story to listen to. I still remember the first time I heard it, which was in, because it was a subscriber special back when Big Finish uh, was big on what was then called the main range, later the monthly range. And one of the kind of bonuses, if you subscribe to the range, was you would get a bonus release every every year. So that was kind of a Christmas present because it came out in December. And this was the one for, I think, 2009. So it was like the first year I subscribed to the range. And I have a very firm memory of listening to it for the first time, driving to a family Christmas party, uh, leaving work, coming home, changing clothes and listening to this on, on the way drive to my uncle's house and just thoroughly enjoying it. I mean, it was it was very much an event story, um, not because of the eighth doctor meeting Susan and also bringing in. Uh, Alex, uh, the great grand, sort of the great grandson. But as a story, it's a really interesting one. And it's a bit like Jubilee, which we talked about the last time I was on here. It's right. one of those stories that in a very odd way has gotten more relevant with time um, rather than something that's kind of faded into the past. It's, it feels very upfront and very centered to the here and now. Um, oh, very much so, especially with all the science deniers we have right now going yeah. out. And it it really hit home, especially my first time listening to it. It's like this could be right out of the newspaper in some ways nowadays. Yeah. It can. I uh, I do think um, Matthew's being really really generous uh, because <laughs> I, uh, um, I I do agree with uh, everything that you said, Matthew. Except um, I didn't think that this story was. I thought the premise was interesting. I thought the um, environment that they had created was interesting. But as far as a compelling story that lasted 70 minutes or so, 
I, I to be honest with you, I I was bored. Um, there's not really a lot of action pieces in this, unlike Jubilee, where there's a lot of action. I didn't find a lot of the other um, uh, side characters that compelling. Uh, again, like Jubilee has a very, very um, uh, overly compelling like uh, a cast of characters, um, uh, you know, and, and really, you know, for those of us who look back and, they, you know, we kind of gr- cringe at Susan's run during uh, the first Doctor era where she's just like getting into trouble all the time and doing some really silly things, um, you know, she hasn't changed at all i mean she's she's sending out this signal to or this cry for help to god knows where it's not very responsible she's she's the the first race that picks up she's taking them at face value which of course is not gonna be uh is not gonna work out well but that's so susan though yeah it really is so it it is but it's kind of like really i mean we had just you know we just reviewed um also i think it's also cool because we you know it's sort of a mix of what we've been doing because we in addition to uh you know rewatching the uh the bbc fox movie the eighth doctor movie um we also just recently watched uh that first doctor story and i i, I love susan in that story um the um uh please help me out mike what's the name of it again the one we just reviewed with the um uh, uh, I'll get to it in a minute, sir. <laughs> You're drawing a blank too, huh? That's how much um, it meant to me. No, it was a, but, uh, we talk, watched the sensor rates. Oh God, right. help you! Yeah, I like that. I like that one, and I like Susan in it. I thought Susan had a great role. Her 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 empathy and her you know telepathy, really, her powers there. I thought made her one of the most interesting depictions of Susan that we'd seen um, in that, in that first season or whatever. And, you know, to go back to just this sort of girl who's now a woman and a mother um, and a prominent figure in this community, just being so irresponsible. And I I, like, doesn't she, doesn't she know anything like uh, haven't, haven't all those years in the TARDIS taught her anything about like, you know, trusting aliens and all that. Like, you know, not to say that all aliens are bad because of course they're not, but you know, you can't just like, you know, take, take this race at, at face value like she does. Well, I think it comes from a place of desperation because things have gotten bad. And I, part of my appreciation, I think perhaps for listening to it this time is just recently big finish did an early adventure called After the Daleks, which is Susan right after the events of Dalek Invasion of Earth. I mean, it literally picks up pretty much from the moment that ended. So that informs the events taking place 30 years before this. And uh, Roland Moore, I think, was the writer of that one, ties it in to a certain extent with a lot of the themes and stuff from this one. So it it makes a nice sort of duology for anybody who's interested in listening to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, it, it doesn't have the doctor in it at all, which is a which is a really interesting thing for Big Finish to do. So I think is it one of those uh what is it the companion chronicles that really don't have the doctors much right they just yeah have... it's well the early adventures were uh, kind of deal more with kind of their enhanced audiobooks in some ways they've got dramatized bits but they also have a narrator uh mm. to them as well so it's kind of a cross of of formats um but I think part of that in listening to listening to that and Roland Moore kind of retroactively going back and going, OK, well, this is how Susan gets to an earthly child by 
the events I'm writing now. So I think that's part of my mm-hmm. appreciation for it as well. But I, I think a lot of what she does in the story is just driven out of desperation. You know, there, there's a scene at the very beginning, which, you know, is Oxford burning because the watch, which is the sort of the earth unity's sort of youth league for lack of a better way of, of the earth firsters it. basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, are, are running around burning Oxford to the ground. And it's just kind of, you know, you get the sense that this is coming out of a place of desperation and Susan, I don't think it's necessarily naivete that she's, that's causing her to leap on to the first person she finds or the first aliens that she comes across who answer the message so much as it is, it is, it's got to be them. Cause if it's not them, there may not be a chance to get somebody else in, which I think, you know, we have, we can talk about the ending uh, later perhaps, but that is one of my issues uh, with this is as much as I enjoyed is that the, the ending for it does feel kind of abrupt. The, it For me, it almost felt like, I was waiting for a second part. I was yeah. waiting for, cause you <laughs> right. know, cause you know, Alex, you know, was f- basically faced with looking at, you know, with the TARDIS and, you know, Hey, you're part alien. And he was like, no, no, I'm not he, running out of the TARDIS and Susan basically chasing after them. And, you know, basically the doctor says, I've got to go. You know, I want you to come with me. He said, no, you know, I want to stay here for my son. And he said, I'll be back again, you know, like he always does. But it was so so abrupt. And it's like, wait a minute, where's the second part? Where's them, you know, you know, freeing the earth or opening the people's minds on earth? You know, because the aliens had just left and there was so much chaos happening. And the doctor just leaves it like hey screw you guys and well he's he's prone to do that anyway i, but, I was fixing uh, to say yeah <laughs> I mean, that's a very doctor a, thing to do yeah, he's got a history to be like okay uh clean up on aisle four i'm out you know like he's, he'll make the mess and, and leave others to clean it up and and but that's the thing it's like there's no there's if anything the events that happen here make the make it almost feel like the earth firsters or you know first earthers whatever you want to call them like that they're right like they're 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 almost like oh yeah well see we were right in thinking of what we did because of what we do because all aliens are bad and they don't belong here because look at look at what's happened here every alien that we've run across in this story is doing something to uh, that's against us really so no exactly um, no you're exactly right and and it's like and it's kind of like I don't think that was supposed to be the point of this story. Um, or I, I mean, hopefully it wasn't, but, um, and again, like I said, I just didn't find, I even Alex, I didn't find really compelling. No, um, nothing not against all. Jake. I just didn't find the character that compelling. Um, I, I didn't find, uh, the only one that I found somewhat compelling was Marion and, that was just a whole mess as to what, whether or not she was dead or not or killed or, and and you know she was taken over by uh, I can't remember the alien race but she was called Hope I think right or yeah yes. what's the name um, of the alien yeah yeah and um, you know it just it didn't seem like uh, it just it it yeah yeah it just was kind of a muddled mess to me and um, whereas I I appreciate the the significance of this story um, I just wish the the story itself was was better uh, for the for just that moment you know. No, I agree completely. And no, there was a, it was messy. And, you know, it, you know, when they were 
on the beach or something and the poor lady, you know, was fading away into, and it's just like, what's going on here? You know? And, and then the doctor says, okay, I don't believe she's really dead. And then we find out, well, and then very quickly when he, you know, gets back to finding the real Marion, he's like, oh yeah, she's dead. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> like that just seemed like kind of sudden, but uh, Matthew, I have a question for you. Yes. Cause, cause you're uh, apt to know this more than anybody else here. Um, no, at all. Uh, uh, yeah. Right. I think called um, worse. The, uh, the eighth doctor does not, I think this is one of the few stories that we've listened to at big finish where he does not have a companion. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't know exactly where it takes place in the chronology. I have a rough guess. It's somewhere during the Lucy Miller stuff because this, as but I think part of the reason why the ending is so abrupt and it's left open the way it was is that they did eventually bring uh, Susan and Alex back for a number of the audios in the Lucy Miller mm-hmm. run um, uh, as well, including I think it was a Christmas release called uh, Relative Dimensions, and then the the epic two part conclusion to to that whole run uh let's think it's lucy miller to the death so this this is one of the audios where mcgann's not with uh either charlie or uh lucy at this point in big finish's history gotcha i wasn't sure where this was this a big was this the the, the one of the first few that paul had done or this was a bit of the ways into it because he had done he was about he had done seven or eight years worth of stories at this point so wow yeah, because he started in the early 2000s. This was already 2009, 2010. Yeah. Wow. So I didn't realize was... he'd been doing it for that long because this story is like, what, 11 years old in and of itself? So yeah. I didn't realize he'd been doing Big Finish for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, he did. Ooh. It was January 2001. Storm Warning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I th- I'm writing an article about it for uh, for a fanzine at the moment, so it's just kind of looking back at the time and going, God, I feel old, because the audios were already five or six years old when I started listening to them, and it's like, how long have I been a fan? But uh, uh, but I do like, you know, I do like hearing uh, Carolyn Ford, um, you know, despite the fact that, you know, when I watch the first Doctor stories with Hartnell, like sometimes her character is really uh, not the best. Um, but listening to her here, I mean, she she plays that part so well. Um, it's like she hasn't missed a beat and good for her. I mean, she's still doing these. Like she just came out with, as you said, Matthew, she just came out with a, a couple of uh, stories uh this year um that whole set have you did you listen to susan's war is that any yeah good? came out last year and it is and that has the eighth doctor in it too right yeah uh, he pops up in the last one and that ties in that that particular episode of that set ties in with some of the later stories where she came back into the lucy miller run her and alex both so gotcha so, I mean, one of the reasons I think her character is so strong here, too, is because of Mark Platt. Uh, Mark Platt had previously written for her character in the Doctor Who Unbound range. Uh, mm. The two, uh, was it uh, Old Mortality and A Storm of Angels, where she was with Jeffrey Belden's alternate first Doctor, who was very Hartnell-like. Um, so he, I think Platt had a lot of experience writing for that character and knew how to pitch it to get the best out of Caroline Ford. And I think it's something that comes across in this as well. Um, I'll also say too that listening to Paul McGann never gets old. Um, he's he's great as the Doctor. Um, 
you know, uh, I'm glad that we have these 20 years of plus years of big finish because he would have been, you know, I think all is said and done an amazing doctor to, to actually have a, a bunch of, you know, actually televised stories. Um, but he's just so he's, he's so, he's so much his own doctor, right? Cause he's, he's so much more easygoing. His voice is smooth he never seems to be uh he's concerned but he never gets he never flies off the handle you know he's not like a um a quick to quick to quick to action really he's he's more like a i'm just going to see how this plays out kind of guy um and i just really like his approach it's unlike any a lot of the other doctors that we've um that we've ever had mhm no that's very, very true. And it's like he you could tell he's very comfortable in the role. And I like how they just didn't throw him right in at the beginning of the storyline. He fa- he slowly came into it. You heard him at yeah, the you, news you conference. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And everything. And that was so well done. And I think that was one of the smart things with this. But just the ending of this just left left me flat. It was yeah, just I, like it was I I was like going Really? That's it? That's, That's where you're going to yeah. leave it? Yeah, he's, exactly. He still feels like he's the smartest guy in the room. Uh, and he and Carol Ann have chemistry. I mean, oh, they, very they, much they so. They really felt like, I, I, you know, I have to assume, because I know how Big Finish works, that they do, well, at least pre-COVID, they have the actors all together when they're recording these. So I have to believe that they were, you know, sort of together and, and that helped that moment. Where, they, much where so. they encounter each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was an interesting story, and I'm glad we finally listened to this one. So, you know, I'll be very curious to listen to some more of these adventures and hear the further adventures of, you know, uh, with, with Matthew, Alex does, and such. Does, I was going to say, does Alex get any more interesting? Uh, I would say so, but I don't want to I don't want to get the spoiler territory. Oh, sure. No, no. Yeah. no I just meant, like, is he is – he, is his – is his like I, I assume he hasn't uh, I don't know but I, I it does he, it's not he a does have that, a bit of a character arc yeah so. I was gonna say it's not a character that seems to come up recently so I, I it feels like that's something that was done a while ago and not really followed up with since then right well the, the, there's a reason for that and again I don't want to okay. drop any spoilers but yeah gotcha, there, there's gotcha. a there's a very definite reason for that cool. okay well. Let's take a you know shot of it. Probably in like a couple months, we'll probably come back to this and maybe listen to the Lucy Miller ones, and you know see where the adventures go. If your guys are game with it, always cool. So let's give a rating of this: one out of five Tardises, one being the worst, five being the best. Matthew, you're the expert here. You go first. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to give it a three and a half um, out of five. I think. You know, the, the the ending being as abrupt as it is, and I think that while there's some interesting world building that's done in it, I think that it it doesn't perhaps do as much with it as perhaps it could have. And it's but it is one of those stories I think that's very much carried 
on the back of it being an event. Um, certainly when it came out in 2009, it was very much an event story and, you know, this thing that everybody wanted to hear for a long time. And there's some, there's some solid performances in here. And as we talked about the chemistry between, uh, Paul McGann and Caroline Ford is is first rate, and it's it's a shame we couldn't see them together on screen because I'm I'm sure they would they would be lovely together. Oh, very much so. I agree with that. And it's interesting because so many people have said Caroline Ford's still alive. She's not ancient. Caroline Ford and yeah. William Russell are still alive. Do I know. Some, like, Do something it's with these folks. Inexcusable yeah. that they haven't been that we haven't seen them at all in nope. New Who. I think well, the, the closest, closest thing to, like, Newish Who was Adventures in Space and Time yes. when she made the cameo in there. But yeah, so did William Russell. Did. Yeah. Well, you know, Caroline Ford retired from screen acting in the late 70s because of health issues. So, you know, that's the big reason why she doesn't do, hasn't done much in terms of uh, screen acting outside of the five doctors and, and that one cameo in Adventure in Space and Time. And keep in mind, William Russell's in his 90s now. God, God bless the man. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm not saying that they have to appear like, you know, in a full story, but, you know, I mean, we. Uh, it, we yeah, say, yeah. we say that, but you know, Gareth Roberts was asked about this about the caretaker because it was said at Cole Hill School, and somebody's like, that would have been the perfect opportunity to have William Russell in. And Gareth Roberts re- responded back in an interview or somebody on Twitter, I can't remember exactly where, and went, "Yeah, but if you're going to bring back an old companion, especially in modern who, it has to be an event story. That's what the story is going to be about. We've it's sort of, at least in terms of how the BBC apparently thinks about things. That's true. Yeah, well, like when they that's... brought the Brigadier back." And Sarah Jane, yeah. all, the poor guy had to be sitting in a car or propped up against it because he was so ill already at that yeah. point. Yeah, and I know I've been I've read anyway that William uh, William Russell was supposed to have a cameo at the beginning of an adventure in space and time. It was supposed to be him, not some random dude who came in to say, uh, you know, you you got a, a message from your doctor or whatever. Um, and William Russell just couldn't make the couldn't do the recording that day, whether it was health or what I, what I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, it would have been interesting. It would have been okay, Mikey. What about your rating? Um. You know, the event is significant, but I wish the story was up to the the, the same uh, level. So I'm going to give it a three. Uh, I don't think it's uh, – certainly there's nothing in here that's, like, offensive or anything. So it's not like, oh, you wasted time listening to this. Because um, it's a nice yeah. listen. It was um, 70 minutes. You know, it was, like, yeah, not a big Yeah, it's a nice deal. listen. Um, like I said, Paul – you know, I'll listen to Paul McGann read the phone book. Um, you know, he's he's just so smooth and so cool to listen to. And uh, he has real chemistry with um, Susan. So I, I, I like the characters interacting. I just wish the story and the characters were stronger, so um, I'll give it a three. Okay. And once again, you and I agree, because <laughs> I was going to give it a three also. And so it was it was great to hear the two of them together. It had the beginning of something really awesome, really awesome. And then when it ended like it did, it was just like, wait. I looked on my phone, it was like... Isn't there like more parts or isn't there's a part two or something? No, 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 no. It was only 20, 20 like story chapters. So it was just like, okay, that's it. And I wasn't too thrilled about that, but, and that's what pulled it down. Cause it could have been higher for me if it would have finished the storyline on. Uh, 
And so I thought Paul was great. I thought, you know, Caroline Ford was great. I even like Paul McGann's son. I thought he had the beginnings of a really cool character. So I'm glad to hear that they continue the story, though, you know, with the characters and everything. So that that is a plus. But, you know, we'll come back to it. We've got time, as we like to say <laughs> with Doctor Who. Anything yeah. but time, you know, folks. Yes. So it'll be a lot of fun. So on behalf of myself, Mr. Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, and, of course, Matthew Kressel, thank you, thank you for joining us tonight. We will be back again in two weeks. That's right. And we are going to be looking at an invasion. That's right. We're going to the second Doctor era, and we are going to be going into the sewers looking for Cybermen. Should be a ton of fun for that one. Also, wanted to give a call out. Um, if you want to join us in a month, we are going to be doing a listener's choice. So please write us feedback at earthstationwho.com. Drop us a note. Find me on instant message. Whatever you do on Facebook, you know, check us out and, you know, drop us a line. We'd love to have you on our show to talk about your favorite episodes of Doctor Who. So just want to give you guys a little bit of a heads up. So until then, we will see you here next time on Earth Station Who. Mary, we miss you and hopefully you'll be able to join us back soon. Hope everyone's doing okay. Peace and we are done. Boom. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.